for me personally, like being active and not sitting at like a computer is, is, is big. Um, just changing it up throughout the day and, you know, actually having a legitimate final product right in front of you that you create. I mean, paintings is exact same way, dude. You have that exact fulfillment. Like I made this with my hands. It's right in front of me. It's real. Here it is. It's not some just benign process that you perform in which you have no real idea what, what you're doing and what it's for. So incredibly rewarding construction. Uh, demanding physically, yes, but Welcome to the Art and Life podcast with your host, Taylor Gallegos. Art exists all around us, in all directions, from all walks of life. We just need to know how to see it. The Art and Life podcast is an experiment in an audio format that focuses on the art and philosophy involved with different people and their life paths. This experiment is intended to inspire you in your creative pursuits, whatever they may be. Follow along as I interview movers and shakers from all walks of life. It's possible to make a life from your art, skill, craft, or vision. These interviews showcase that fact. Listen while you work. Listen while you create. Listen while you dream up the next big breakthrough. First off, I want to say thank you for listening. The people being interviewed and I are two parts of the podcast, but it wouldn't be complete without you, the listener. I very much appreciate your attention and your energy, and I hope you get as much out of this as I do. If you enjoy what you hear, you can join me on this artistic journey in many ways. You can subscribe to the show, leave a review, and share it around. You can join the conversation on the Art and Life Facebook group, where we discuss topics from the shows. You can join my email list on my website at taylorgallegosart.com on the contact page. And while you're there, check out the new artwork I've been creating. You can follow me on Instagram and Facebook at taylorgallegosart. And finally, you can support my art and the Art and Life podcast on my Patreon page. Just search Taylor Gallegos Art. So again, a deep and sincere thank you for being here. Now, on to the good stuff. Hey, everybody, I want to just throw out a little disclaimer on this one. Um, there is a little bit of technical difficulty, like glitchiness uh, at the beginning. You can still hear what Chad's saying, but when he, he moved away from his microphone, you couldn't hear him that well. So, uh, yeah, bear with me there. And uh, also, the timing is kind of interesting as I listen back through this, because we recorded this episode like three months ago. And I was really backed up and super busy with my art projects and wasn't able to get these out. But now we're uh, just about caught up. And uh, it's really great because next week I'll be releasing one with Gianna Masseri. And we recorded that a week ago. And then we're on to Diane Hullett. And we recorded that 
two days ago. So we're back caught up and it's a lot nicer to listen to, I feel like, because now the things we're talking about are up to date. So, and that's where we're going to be from here on out. Uh, we'll be recording them on Sundays and then putting them out on Tuesdays and everything's going to be real sharp. So thanks for bearing with me on all this. Cheers. Welcome, my friends, my creative friends. Here we are again. I am your host, Taylor Gallegos. This is the Art and Life podcast. And today with me, we have a very special gentleman here. He is uh, at the center of an exciting little hurricane that's going on here in early July in Colorado. And uh, we're going to tell you all about it. Mr. Chad Alley, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for having me. Here we go. <laughs> it's exciting. Here we do go. This is exciting. <laughs> yeah, let's do this. So um, away, my friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So uh, why don't we just start by uh, you telling us who you are, where you're from, how you got to where you're at, and then what it is that you do with your life. Oh my God, so much. Chad Alley, Cicero, Indiana. I'm a 1984 model. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Been in Colorado for about 12 years <laughs> and uh, loving every bit of it. Um, man, I've been a jack of all trades for so long. Uh, I would say right now I have the most established career I've ever had <laughs> in my whole life. A uh, lot of odd jobs <laughs> from door to door. I worked for a fly fishing company for a while. Man, I grew weed professionally for a while. Um, but right now, as we sit, I am the owner of my own construction company, Ali's Custom Remodel. We do a lot of residential remodel work, general contract work. And um, that's my professional job, making me the monies. Uh, aside from that, man, arts, community, outdoors, Colorado treats us well here. Um, I'm the guitarist for Wasteland Hop now, I guess, officially taking over for the the great Nick Scheides, um, who decided to start a family instead of <laughs> wonder the gypsy ways of the music community. Um, <laughs> and I took over formally for him. Um, yeah, man, I mean, just like you, Taylor, dabbling just about a little bit of everything. Um, not quite the skilled painter, but I put the paint on the, on the canvas. Um, been playing music for over 20 years. Um, I would say 10 of that is quote unquote professionally, uh, throughout my days, uh, Wasteland Hop is easily the biggest gig, uh, for me, um, as far as like, uh, you know, professional musicianship, you know, the big shows and all that, the tours, but man, just a lover of music my whole life. So, um, that's me, I guess. Let's go. What else yeah, you got? Yeah. Okay, so yeah, so you're the new guitarist for Wasteland Hop, and um, you guys have a big show coming up, and that actually is the inspiration for doing this podcast and the whole series interviewing all of Wasteland Hop. All of us, yeah. All, everybody, yeah. I mean, some of them were on season one, but um, the rest of you guys are in season two because it's been this big you got the good ones in season one right <laughs> <laughs> we got some of the the the, the lead the foundational members. the big talkers at least we'll say that yeah um, <laughs> but it's cool because you guys are coming back and you're you're 
putting a big show together after this long hiatus, the COVID hiatus that everybody's taken. And uh, why don't you tell us about that show and what it means and how it's working and how it came to be? Sure, sure. So the show is July 3rd at the Mishawaka um, venue in uh, Bellevue, Colorado. Uh, we are fortunate enough to open for the Flowbots and the Burrows. Um, as far as like hip hop goes, I mean, it's going to be a really incredible night for like Northern Colorado. Um, the venue itself is, it's inspirational. Like, you know, it has prestige in Colorado. I, you know, Red Rocks is the top tier here, you know, undoubtedly. But if you get to play the Mish, um, it's a huge honor. So just the fact that the band gets to play there, and I believe this is their at least second time. I was a groupie uh, when they got to play with Jurassic 5. So uh, the band definitely has built a resume for, you know, pretty fun openers going here. Um, and all these shows are huge, dude. Like for someone playing them, it's a dream. It's everything you practice for and like when I was back when I was 16 you know just like dreaming of big shows being inspired by people playing big shows um being on stage is a drug in itself absolutely and when it's this level of um performance that needs to happen uh there's you know everyone's so excited and you know, I think that since I'm the newbie, I would say that I quote unquote get the most like nervous before the shows just because there's so much music um, that they performed and written over at least 10 years. So, you know, I'm hopping on board and needing to learn, you know, three to four hours worth of original music. Um, fortunately for me, you know, this show is going to be a tighter show of probably 45 minutes at the most so these sets are a little less nervous for me but man it is going to be a huge show um the mish i can't wait man i uh i believe it was a connection through our bassist brian weichel and our violinist vocalist uh liz gaylor who who meandered through whatever i don't even know the magic that was pulled to make this show happen. But dude, I'm on the group text, the band text. And for me, like all these great things happen. Like they tour Alaska, they have all these opportunities. Liz is trying to get us to Albuquerque. And then all of a sudden, hey guys, like, do you wanna play at the Mish opening for the Burroughs and uh, Flowbots July 3rd? And all I do is just like, yes, with like as many exclamation points as I can. <laughs> like in the text like dude i'm so far like they have carried the load i am just joining in <laughs> and taking advantage of like all of the hard work they've done i thoroughly enjoy all of this stuff and it's it happens so few and far between now because of just the distance like literal distance between band members so only the big shows bring us together and then the magic tour but, you know, with COVID and everything settling down, um, summer tour is still being navigated right now. But 
Um, it just feels good to be playing shows again. Um, I was just out this evening at uh, New Belgium, a local brewery here in Fort Collins, and they had a nice little bluegrass band, uh, Woodbelly, playing. And dude, it was like back to normal all of a sudden. Like these last two to three weeks have been a huge transition of just social etiquette and then just seeing a large group of people out and about without masks like enjoying themselves and you know technically everybody's supposed to be vaccinated um it's an honor system you know but um it just feels good that music's happening again and like as you like see social media if you follow like festivals are coming back shows are coming back everything's warming back up and you know july august definitely by september um hopefully nothing you know surprising happens but it's back man like and so to have like a show july 3rd full capacity um it's just like so good on so many ways uh to be able to play again to be around people again just to be at a live show again um the mish is always good always good if you see a band that you like go through there please go see the show there it is such an intimate like on the Poudre river you're in the you're in the canyon and i mean they crank that shit it's you don't have to deal with sound ordinance like you party you get down it's great <laughs> yeah the river's going by and then you got this like kind of cliff thing on the north side of the river and the mountain they're just in the mountains it's awesome it's unique. Yeah, man, it's so good to have music again. And it just speaks to how much uh, music is part of our culture and our soul and our individual experience with life and, and shows are just such a, like, it's just such a human thing to do. It's like such a yeah. part of our daily, our, you know, our ritual, especially in the summer times. It's like, winter winter time we kind of survive through it and we go to shows indoors but it's not quite the same and then yeah. the summer stuff is just awesome everybody's out being social it's yeah. it's good it's what an experience like everybody's been through this last year i mean don't have to do much COVID talk but it's been like i mean everybody hold up kind of like navigating their own personal demons and like i mean hopefully financially you made it hopefully you still have a job um you know hopefully you didn't feel too alone throughout like that whole experience but america's a crazy place dude like i traveled i traveled around a little bit like kind of in the thick of things and just going from state to state was eye-opening um it's it's so wild and i do feel that we're at a good compromise right now but i mean it's it's just an extraordinary event that, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that everybody just makes it through. Um, I, I feel like I see the light at the end of the tunnel now, especially after these last two weeks. But maybe that's just like American optimism and we're living in some weird like bubble here, which I'm sure is not far from the truth. But <laughs> yeah, I hope not. Yeah, man. Yeah, I'll be stoked. We're trying to work it out so that I can either do some live art during your show, or maybe I'll be doing a mural at the Mish, which would also mm. be very cool. Yep. 
Um, we'll That's a big deal, Taylor. That's yeah. a big deal. That's awesome, buddy. Yeah, we'll see how that plays out. Um, now, you were talking a little bit beforehand with me about uh, how you went from being like a groupie of Wasteland Hop, you know, like a, one of the biggest fans. You were at all the shows. Backstage, Betty. Yep. yep. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> you're... <laughs> You're integral. Um, yeah. <laughs> you, Team morale. Yes. I mean, did it make it a lot easier to learn the songs because you are a guitarist and you've seen so many shows? Like, did you kind of know by watching Nick on stage and like, you know, you, I'm sure you have an ear for. Yeah, you would think so. Um, I've heard, I've seen a lot of sets. That is my, you know, the best thing for me, like me learning and understanding like what's going on. However, stepping in this inside the mind of Nick and his guitar playing, um, it's it's a pretty crazy experience. Like trying to learn somebody's like full like catalog of original music because that is very much them. And as a guitarist, uh, I couldn't recommend it more. Like trying to you know learn these different styles and be put in a discomfort zone because my style definitely was different from his and I had to like learn some things and absolutely struggled through some things um but he's been like the best mentor ever like dude he tabbed everything out we've been like we went through like meeting up a bunch and him just showing me through everything so the transition of like guitarist has been phenomenal, but I mean, they just have so much music and just memorizing that much music is an obstacle, but learning somebody else's different style and performing it. And there's seven people in the band, man. Like you don't just go verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus. Like that is not wasteland. Like there is crazy stuff the whole way and you need to like be aware of like where you're at and it's just a lot of material to like pick up on and you know when they go touring in um you know when they go touring a lot there's definitely shows where you know we do two sets three sets and that's like three four hours and my god that's a lot of music yeah and so, I would imagine they're digging into the catalog at certain points where there might be stuff that they haven't played in three years, seven. Yeah. yeah, exactly. But dude, they're so automatic. It's like humbling. Um, brain farts do happen. But dude, when we get together after these like hiatuses, I think it's been a year, year and a half since our last show, we played our CD release for uh, erosion as osmosis. Um, Washington's in Fort Collins and then Lost Lake in Denver. Um, that was a year and a half ago, man. And that show, we came together like months after a summer tour. And it's just remarkable, like that everyone can show up after like hiatuses. And they're all so good, dude. Like I am definitely the outsider on like comfortability playing the music. They've just been riding the bike for so long <laughs> that it's natural. And 
it's like it's incredible that like we don't see each other for six months or a year or a year and a half and then all of a sudden like get back together for like all right we have two days to rehearse and get tight and then like big show <laughs> that's it's dude it's how it goes their tours are the same way it's just like it's hilarious like how comfortable they are on just like showing up not rehearsing and just needing like a little bit of refinement time and they're good to go like i i have to work a lot more than they do to feel that comfortability absolutely yeah that's wild and uh i it feels like it speaks to the element of when you like know something inside and out when you created it it's like i sometimes i speak about my art pieces as like children you know and like you you create them you see them from the beginning when it's just an idea all the way through to completion and there's all the development time and like you know at every step every step forwards and backwards and then when that's the case with a song that you create originally from starts out as just like an idea and then turns into a beat and then you add this and blah 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 it's like it's probably committed to memory at like a cellular level dude you have no idea like actually you have all the ideas like to create from a blank canvas you will never forget that process yeah and I, it's incredible. Like, yeah, they've, I wasn't around in the beginning for them, but I do know that there was a healthy compromise of people showing up with solid ideas of how a, a song should be. And it's like written, um, you know, Nick, Nick, Steph, Mickey, they're, you know, they were, you know, all of the contributors to like, the lyric and like uh, structure, you know, Nick was a huge player to all of that. Um, you know, he's written a lot of these songs. So it's, it is remarkable just as an artist, like how you remember that process. And it's just like locked into your mind when you like go through from nothing to something. And you know, you if you were to hand a finished painting to somebody and be like, all right, here you go, create it. Show me what you got. You be me. You know, see how it goes. And that's what I have to deal with with Nick. <laughs> it's like, I have to become Nick. Yeah, that's... All I have is the finished product. Like, I don't know how he got there. Like, I didn't, like, be inspired by the riffs and songs that he was inspired by. Like, all I have is that final final song to replicate yeah and it's a lot harder to memorize it like performing i could argue one way or another but to like raw memorize on stage performance when you have like shitty sound and you can't hear half the band members and you have like the rush the adrenaline uh the lights the people the nerves like wild cards <laughs> like the one thing you want as a foundation is your music <laughs> like i know this song for sure and everything else is easy so well i hope that you guys continue to create music because it would be i i just think it'll be really interesting to see where things go you know like mm -hmm. 
your musical background like you can't try to be somebody else and in fact that's the only way to fail at something really i would say uh, artistic creation is to not be yourself and so um i think it, it's just a really interesting thing when there's a new um like variable in the mix like you're a new artistic musical variable and uh it's just gonna be cool to see where it all flows no you nailed it man like wasteland is not dead by any means but it is evolving and i think that it can just survive on you know an occasional like we'll say within a, a year span like a tour two to three big shows maybe like a small tour like everyone is so adulting right now it's ridiculous like it's just hard to get people together yeah. let alone the literal distance between us so it's a unique world where you have to have i think having a presence online and social media is more important than playing shows and there is so much opportunity there to make exponentially more money if that's what you're after as a professional band to pursue online endeavors only um especially with the uncertainties right now with you know how many people can show up can i book a show is covid gonna be something funny down the line um do i need to make all my money on merch <laughs> so um you know, I've always been like, you and me, right? We're in the same boat, brother. Like, we see the magic and the potential of having a presence through online media, like all shapes and forms. And the second that fire catches, dude, you are along for a ride. If you have like a viral anything, welcome to stardom, my friend. <laughs> it's, it's crazy that you could be a nobody and within a day you put content out there and it catches and everybody knows you and like your life changes in an hour like it's the power is there and i mean if you look up views like music videos dude they they hold the most views and I hope it's not just like 12 year olds playing the same song over and over and over and over and over and just like kids dominating the internet and you have to tailor to like lower than 13 year olds to like, you know, gather actual like followers. But no, I don't, I mean, it sounds like YouTube is like the second largest search engine in the world next to Google. And so people are on there looking for, lots of, like that's where they look for content yeah and yeah it's really it's cool inspiring. and then thinking about what's that it's inspiring yeah oh totally that it and it's uh it's inspiring because there's so much potential and the, the sky's the limit really and it's cool to think that in this day and age you guys mickey's in juno alaska liz is in albuquerque a lot of you guys are in fort Collins. like the rest mm. of you are in fort mix Collins. up in the mountains yeah. And so, but today, like with Zoom, like you can talk to your bandmates or you can record something and then email it and send it. And like, you really could develop the creative elements of an album from a distance if, 
if you chose. So yes. it's cool that there's there's possibilities there still too. Yeah, yeah, just a basic recording system and a microphone. And I mean, we did sleep well, I believe we did that recently where like literally everybody recorded themselves playing it from like quarantine and we patched it together and like put it up. Oh yeah. And um, I mean, it works. There's, there's a magic of having everybody together and like that is irreplaceable. Like the physical presence of everybody, even yeah. though like one person's recording, like just having everybody there is irreplaceable. However, being able to like be holed up in your little workspace where you can dial in like your like unique input into the song where it's very isolated no distractions like that is you your creativity is being inputted yeah um, we've been trying to like make that happen a little bit more and we are still writing like songs are still like we're still jamming uh there's new stuff still coming um it's it's definitely a unique crossroads of just being like real with the situation of the fact that we're thousands of miles apart and we have to like rehone what the band is and what the band wants to do i mean do people want to professionally pursue this and live off of it i mean dude, there's no better way to vacation than a band tour i'll tell you that holy cow <laughs> one of my greatest life memories is like touring in alaska no joke yeah everybody wants to see you everybody's so nice you show up to a different town every night and you just enjoy the community and just have a great time and alaska is very special just with the outdoors and the ruralness and just you know that you're in the middle of nowhere yeah and i always very much appreciated and loved that um so there's so many different capacities in which like you can pursue professional music um I am definitely on the money whore side nowadays. I still, th I think Mickey has like a punk rock foundation that I like of just not raw whoring for money and sponsors and everything. Like, yeah, Mike, Mickey, oh, yeah. I'm so greasy these days. I don't even care. I used to be so punk rock about it, dude. Like not selling out, not wearing like a sponsor's t-shirt. Like, you know, just like nobody has me. <laughs> Nowadays, it's just Skrilla, cha ching cha ching <laughs> Ooh, it turns me off. <laughs> yeah, make that creativity work. <laughs> I mean, there's a balance, dude, there's a balance. It's not pop music, but no. there's so many ways that you could, uh, what's the band, Kiss? I mean, like, they're the example of how to merchandise the shit out of, like, everything. You could make a Wasteland Hop pinball machine. I mean, okay. my God. Um, but as I digress, social media, dude, um, it's a whole new ball game with that. I mean, I think as a content producer, whether whatever artistic realm you pursue, you need to have a presence if like you want to make a name for yourself, definitely. 
However, you'll be surprised on how quickly you'll be mentoring people, how many people come to you for advice and questions, and the network that you grow. Like you set the beacon, like you turn the light on, like they will come. Um, just you attract exactly the people that you want to attract. And it's, it's just remarkable. And then if you can phase out the trolls and haters, I mean, if you have, you know, a more established content website or, you know, if you're an influencer or whatever, like just being cool with not appeasing to everybody, but still producing content that's edgy and, you know, original exciting to watch it's just yeah. like exciting to watch mm-hmm. so i mean it's there's such a, a huge brush that you could paint like you could pursue anything anything and it's just so inspirational to see that i uh like i don't watch much like tv or netflix or amazon like youtube is my game absolutely it's my game and it's a lot of stuff that I pursue for instructional knowledge, like informational stuff, and then just like YouTubers, like people I follow in music, um, automotive, outdoors, like all of my little hobbies and passions. Um, it's remarkable what's out there. And if you have any sort of like creative like mindset, you have so many things that are templates, like just record and like there's a template for you making a video there's a template for a music there's a template for a website there's template for everything and all you have to do is just put yourself out there if that's what you want to do there's not much excuses anymore for you saying like i need someone to do this for me i think there's very easy instructional things to get you down the line and get you moving Yep. You can do anything. YouTube university. It's all it's out there. It's remarkable, man. Like it's going to take over the world. I'm sure of it. Which is so cool because I've had the thought at times I'm like, well, now everybody's going to do this, but which would be trouble in some cases, because then if everybody's doing it, then no one will stand out. But not everybody does everything because not everybody has the drive, the commitment, the will, the the discipline and uh yeah, it's a grind it's it's yeah and really like showing up and doing it that's the hard part the hard part's not the actual activity or the learning or the you know carrying out the things it's a uh, it was cool one thing that i learned so you're a general contractor you are like remodeling houses and remodeling things and that was my last side job. So when I graduated college, I switched gears and did a year working at doing framing houses for a guy. And I was just the grunt who, you know, at first I just moved piles of stuff. And then by the end, I was like building houses and whatnot. But, and then I, I got another construction job, which was my last side job that I had leading up to going full professional artist. And uh, it was like, one of the epiphanies that I had, especially in the last last part of doing it, was that nobody's doing magic. You know, there is a step-by-step progression for anything that needs to get done. And yes, you might need a special tool or you might need 
to have like a special idea of like how to apply this certain force to this whatever but like but it's not like someone's Gandalf and they're like waving a magic wand yeah, everyone can something. do construction yeah exactly <laughs> and, and construction is a metaphor for everything else it's all we're all like building and constructing whatever it is in our life and maybe it's a good or a service or whatever but it's all step by step and and really you can learn anything that you want like yeah excellent excellent explanation dude um construction like yeah it's intimidating at first but it's just a lot of little things just like anything else yeah and it's uh I mean, until you break something and then all all fun yeah <laughs> when you break something that's when you really learn how it's constructed that's how you really start to understand something top to bottom forward and back because you have to fix what you busted it's humbling. Yeah. And then throw in just a, a not so enjoyable uh, client or homeowner to work with. And then uh, emotions can be sensitive at times. But man, I, uh, I graduated a while back in 07 from Purdue with a computer graphics degree. And I actually pursued architecture for a couple years. And then uh, 0809 housing, you know, recession crisis took a shit on all of my dreams and ambitions. Um, and literally did odd jobs, like surviving until like I made it to Colorado and then just odd job, odd job, odd job. And then finally got back into the field working for a, uh, you know, fire water mitigation insurance company. That would just you know we were hired to go in and fix things that burnt and flooded um back in the field it was like it was humbling like i've had office jobs i've had like managerial jobs i've had really shitty jobs um construction has always been really good to me um financially uh just everything like mentally you're not for me personally like being active and not sitting at like a computer is 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 big um just changing it up throughout the day and you know actually having a legitimate final product right in front of you that you create i mean paintings is exact same way dude you have that exact fulfillment like i made this with my hands it's right in front of me it's real here it is it's not some just benign process that you perform in which you have no real idea what what you're doing and what it's for so incredibly rewarding construction uh demanding physically yes but um I've but that's the most in a lot of ways it feels there it's a physical exercise that you do for eight hours a day and the first couple months yeah you're definitely going to be sore and there's certain days where you get a little more sore but like after a year or two into it, your body is just like battle whatever. harder. Whatever, you, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bring it on. <laughs> I know, dude. There's nothing like starting your day and ending your day, just like unloading and loading the heaviest shit you have into yeah. and out of every day. <laughs> and it always cracked me up how you know I was on soccer teams my whole life and. Uh, with that you always do a warm-up and you stretch and you do all these little calisthenics and things and 
and they do that in all kinds of sports. And then you go and you go to construction. Have you seen a construction warm up? It's cigarettes and coffee. Exactly. Maybe some donuts. <laughs> and then donuts. Some, some guy yells at you and you're like, right. he's like, do that and move it there. You're like, all right, here we go. I'm going to just like lift 50 pound weights over my shoulder for half the day. It's like, okay, I'm going to be on a ladder all day. Here we go. How exciting. <laughs> But it's Nobody fun, and you're right. Like, there, you, at the end of the day, when you can see the the product of what you've done um, in any shape or form, it's very satisfying yeah. and valuable. And that needs to be there for for work. You need to have that. Like you need to know what you're doing. Yep, yep. And if you don't, then it seems like that's where people really can struggle with like motivation in their job or you know feeling fulfilled and and whatnot. It's then you got like an ex- existential dilemma, at least with construction. I know, I dude. You've, you've done something. I know. But I mean, I couldn't, dude, this is America. It costs like 50 bucks for a business license. And I know that it's a grind. It's a grind for years to be a successful, profitable business. But I think for some people, you have to try. You have to try something whether or not you have a real job and you just start your little hobby side project throw a couple of hours at it, you know, every, you know, here and there, every night, you know, just this country, once you start your own business, you see America for what it really is. Like business owners and employees are two different realms of America <laughs> and don't feel like you're stuck working for somebody. Um, you know, there's a lot of magic things that have to happen. You, you know, finding demand, like your idea has to be legit. You have to perform, you have to, you know, you have to show up, but I just couldn't recommend more just for everyone, just to try something small business something a hobby like it's so inspirational that you can just make a name and get a business license and good luck go make your millions this is america (laughs) it's crazy dude i really feel like there's so many i mean you start a family there's a lot of reasons why people can't dedicate time needed time to start a business and you know absolutely and be aware of where you're at and what makes you happy in your priorities like by all means if you need to grind a nine to five to run a family and that's what makes you happy yeah of course um but i just don't think people know how easy it is to start something of their own you know you just make a name get your business license. If it's just you, you don't even need business tax IDs. You don't even, it's, it's just a supplemental thing that you claim like on your personal income. And it, it might be intimidating in some ways to think that you're starting your own business, but I just like, I have seen America in a new light as a business owner. And 
I have tried to treat my employees in a way in which I always wish that I was treated. Um, just very open, lax. Here's your expectations. I have this much money for this project. If you get done early, that's your money. Like, it's just incredible being your own business owner and like, yes, you can wring people dry to be rich, but it's so much more fulfilling to like provide and just like bring people along for the ride. Um, there's so much money out there for everybody. Like I do see like as the business, I'm like the CEO owner, whatever, like I have two employees. So, I mean, I mean, extrapolating a little bit, but I mean, you have to create the idea. You have to perform the office work, the administrative, you have to bring in money, bring in money is the key thing. I think as an employee, if you can prove that you can bring in money one way or another and not just straight perform a task, you are, they're sending you straight to the manager's circle. Like, what, he's bringing in money? This is, a, this is exactly what it, and it's just like a weird acknowledgement of, do you perform something to move the business down the line or do you bring in money? Like it's, it's, <laughs> it's just like raw capitalism, it's crazy. And I think if you can see where you can bring in money for yourself, go get it. It's not that hard. Like don't quit your J job right away. Um, but things naturally progress. My business has grown because I've been like so unbelievably overwhelmed with work. It was never like some angel investor and I just like propped up a business and hope we survive. It's things led to the next level. And if you're onto a good idea, you'll be overwhelmed in no time, no time. Like once you strike a chord and people like want what you're doing, you can't keep up. You, you can't even think about keeping up and you'll have to like compromise. Do I 10, 12 hours today? Do I go hang out? Do I work this weekend? Do I work this whole month? Like it's out there. And if, if you want the American dream, quote unquote, of just like self-sustaining happiness in America, like it's, it's there, it really is. And I, it's, it's a lot of work. I don't, I think it's, it's overlooked, you know, what does two years of 10 hour days look like? What does two years of like no vacations look like? And then all of a sudden you're there and you're making money and I don't have to work anymore. And like, it's a weird realization and it does take focus and the grind and the grit. Um, and it's not for everybody, but you know, this whole wasteland thing, like I've always been so inspired of just like the potential of everything. I mean, the music is there. It really is. It's a great, um, unique sound. It's a professional, professional music. Um, 
it's just like where where is its home where do we put this music like where is it best fit is it just an album can it be a soundtrack can it be something like more um and wasteland is just like i think on a transition of of what to do next with all of this great music um we're all getting older and we all have like real jobs now almost all of us but <laughs> um it's just a unique progression of you know a professional band like running through the paces of big shows big tours big tours years and years and years and years and then like we all still very much love music and want to perform but like what what is it now like what is this band now what do we do now um it's it's still there absolutely but i think that we are at a a crossroads of what to do with the band and like dude you nailed it like the hibernation like the wasteland hibernation that's exactly what it is um they just like everyone awakens and then like performs a task in a way that you just like can't believe how like this was just accomplished when we have seven members firing on all cylinders it's insane we wrote like a sock puppet murder mystery show in like two days before like we performed it in anchorage one time just like the tours get booked the shows get booked like the albums that get written when everybody's like on the same level and inputting into the band it's it's incredible like how much gets done but that's the hard part right like getting everyone on the same wavelength is almost impossible almost <laughs> impossible yeah i always it's been fun being like a sidecar to the show uh for so long for all the years and just comparing the different roads you know it's like i've been on a path that's on the other side of the canyon from what wasteland is doing and we're we're both going up the hill but like sometimes like i'm down in a gully sometimes they're in a gully sometimes they're both up high and there's just different challenges sometimes it's uh really tough to be like a an, a solo artist but then sometimes it's really tough to be a group of six or seven because then you just there's so much more to manage and you know talking about everybody's lives and situations and schedules and it's like there's there's it's a big huge thing that, yeah, that has to manage it and like and like my income as an artist is divided by one you know minus the taxes but mm. it's like taxes and expenses but wasteland is divided by it's a lifestyle it's not a profit machine it's a yeah. lifestyle <laughs> totally totally and in, in order to make it a life for seven people like you need to go huge isn't that remarkable that that happens huge i think that alaska is the saving grace for that um just as like a general saying like any musician that has been paid a hundred dollars for a show and knocked it out of the park on like a packed venue and the bar owner made like 
thousands of dollars at the bar and you're like, here's your hundred dollars for the night. Welcome to reality in the lower 48 as a traveling musician. Alaska has so much opportunity if you get in to those circuits. The fact that we as a band and some plus ones go up there, fly up there, everyone's up there, everyone's eaten, everyone like we do have accommodations that get, you know, set up for us. So it's, there's some bennies, absolutely. But how expensive is it to run seven people through Alaska for two weeks, three uh, weeks, thousands, 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 and generally speaking, they, they make money off of these things, like enough so to where like they're throwing money at uh, studio time. Um, I was, you know, I missed out on their South American thing. They, they went down to South America for three, four months and lived and recorded um, all off of band profits. So it's there, but to grind in the lower 48, I just don't know how you, you make that money off of like ticket sales unless you were knocking it out of the park with with merch. I, it's just not there um, as a have, middle range performer. Yeah, it needs to be like the band needs to have a business model that's built in with all these different elements and you know maybe a Patreon page and a GoFundMe and all these different exactly things. like you have to you have to be so far above and beyond. Uh, yeah to make to live to live off of performing is so hard yeah it really does take you being like really savvy really savvy with making money but like you said there's other ways to do it and there's lots of ways to do it within the music world and nowadays especially there's there's online elements and i mean i'm you know of course i'm biased from this position but i really feel like if you have the will then you're going to find the way to to figure out ways to get paid to do what you do and i think that there's a levels of uh professional artists and the first level is level one that's where you make your money another way and then you do your craft on the side and you develop your skills level two you're doing you're making money for somebody else, like work your skill for somebody else, like me doing custom art is that, or like a band, like moonlighting as a wedding band or something like that. That would be mm -hmm. kind of along those lines or like recording for other people or whatever. And then the third level is making your original art and making a business off of that and making money solely off of what comes out of you um, clearly. And that's, but there's there's steps along the way and you can it seems like if, if you want to make it work and you got the the right long-term vision then it's possible yeah just um, put yourself out there now exactly yeah yeah right well we got to switch to the uh question section of the podcast are you ready? cruising by bud okay sweet so um now let's talk about your breakthrough moment into this level of your life. And I feel like the break, mm -hmm. one breakthrough in your life would that you could talk about would be um, like maybe stepping into your job, like your construction, your general contractors setup. because it sounds sure. like before that you were kind of like blowing in the wind. And, and then this is like the first, 
major thing where you're like able to sure. stand on solid ground. What, what was sure. the breakthrough moment for you in that? Um, I think I just had a period of time in which I knew I just wasn't going to be happy working technically for somebody. I just needed my independence. Like it was always a money thing. Like I just never found like the money I wanted working where I was. And I just, I saw that ceiling and there was just no way through it other than becoming your own boss for me. And I'd say for probably six months while I was working um, my remodel job for the insurance company where I repaired the fire and water damage stuff, um, I was also doing side gigs. So I'd like work my, my day and then like, okay, I got a two hour job, three hour job, four hour job tonight that I need to like knock out. And that was like six months of like side gig, like me pursuing me, like building. And I just all of a sudden like got flooded. It was insane. Like I landed big jobs, like big remodels. And it was just like, I had to make a very realistic like choice of, I have no more fears. Like if I quit my job right now, I have work for months right now. It's booked. And I think that's, that was the trigger. You know, there, there was a lot of uncertainty on like, can I make my own business from this? Like, can I really pull in an income from this on my own, bring in work consistently on my own? Um, huge obstacles. But I think I danced a fine line of still working my normal job and putting myself out there enough to where finally things clicked. And then I had enough jobs under my belt, under my own name to where referrals were just like branching out like exponentially. And I landed a, I landed two big remodels and I was just like, I either take these or I shut the fuck up and I'm happy working at my job again. And I was just like, I put my two weeks in and that was it. Like. Ever since then, like, I have been cruising, cruising, and like, dude, I hired two people during this COVID shit. Like, it is not slowing down. Um, and it was just that. It was just like, like I was saying before, before, like, your little side hustle, whatever it is, if you put yourself out there, like, if you have a unique, worthwhile, like, product they will seek you in numbers and they'll come after you, man. It's, it's the turning point of knowing when, like setting a point in which like, this is when I'm comfortable pursuing this endeavor on my own, like set a mark, like this, if I book this thing, if I make this much money, if like, this happens just commit like be realistic on what that like benchmark is so that when you do commit you're not just like oh my god what what did i just do <laughs> it was a huge mistake um you know and i did have lulls like i found out right away that you know winter time between thanksgiving and new year's no one wants you in their house to right. do a remodel 
They got holiday shit to deal with. So, you know, I, I didn't get a paycheck for like two, three months during the beginning phases. And, you know, you're like, what do I do? Do I do, you know, art, music, like whatever. Um, it's scary in the beginning, but I just had these like big jobs come my way where I had to make a choice of do I stay at my current like employment or do I go out in open water and just go after it and you know it's been three years almost since that point and like I said dude I'm hiring people now like it was the best decision ever like if you have opportunity coming at you like that pursue it but be very honest and real with yourself about pursuing unknowns have stuff coming your way <laughs> before you drop everything and pursue it um you know blind faith is is not a bad thing i guess in some cases but for business i mean it's it's so humbling to quit a job and run out of money and have to get another shitty job um which I did a couple times. We've all done. A I did that a couple times going after the art world. And I did, it was like almost a false, like, oh, I have work coming in. But I didn't realize the the scale of what I actually needed and, and how it all worked. But that's that's a story for another day. Um, all right, question two. What is your favorite? What is, what is a favorite? flow state moment that comes to mind for you so flow state it's being in the zone it's when everything else fades away and you're just fully present with what you're doing and uh time seems to fly by and stand still at the same time sure the zen the zen what is my ultimate flow state um fly fishing dude yeah fly fishing i would say that there's definitely zen moments like producing music but even then it's just like a weird like in and out like i have like uh, an add element to me absolutely um and with music especially creating you're just like pulling from the ether of something and just manifesting it that can be like i don't know i go in and out of that but dude you put me standing in a river and just like slaying little trouts <laughs> it's just crazy dude you just like you hone in on a task and just the zen of feeling the force and the temperature of the river on your body and knowing that you're like standing in a river and just appreciating the beauty and the sounds and and then just like striking and catching a fish out of that shit like I don't know. I mean, hunting's the same way. I have like I think I'm potentially moving into bow hunting out here pretty soon, just for that same reason of just like I don't know. Maybe it's just a man thing, but just like stalking and killing has like this like primal instinct of focus and just like all things fade away, and all you hear is the sounds and the smells and the humidity, and you just have a task. And it's crazy, like hunting in 
I mean, fishing is hunting. If I guess if you're keeping it, I sport fish a lot, which is just catch and release. Like I'm 99% catch and release. So just the act of like putting yourself in that environment, being able to sneak up on a natural like animal and just like trick and kill it or trick and catch it is crazy, dude. It's such a mental fuck on nature. I love it. <laughs> dude, fly fishing is like such a weird zen that it's not for everybody. But I'd say for me in particular, um, Dude, you just like focus in and time passes. You just cruise up that river. Love it. Fly fishing is awesome. <laughs> it's so much fun. Um, yeah, and to just be part of it. The river is so dynamic. Like the sounds and everything and all the stuff going on. Um, all right, question three is, what is your advice to aspiring creatives? And you've kind of thrown out some advice here already, but what would you say if you were to sum it all, all up in one little bit? I would say have a mentors or a reference for what you're going into. Please reach out to these people. It is so easy to get in contact with people these days. And yeah. you'd be like blown away on like responses from people who you thought you would never, ever have the chance to even talk to. Those people are on social media and you can talk to them. It is just one message away. Um, I would say, yeah, just putting, just trying, just start creating one way, shape, or form. And you just creating, it will naturally navigate to where it needs to be. But you're not going to do shit if you just like, what is it? Paralysis by analysis is one of my favorite sayings. It's just, you're just thinking about shit. You're just thinking and planning and thinking and planning. And my, when do I do this? I have to have all this before I can do this. There's just go out and try to put like foot, like foot soldiers out there. Just like do something, put something out there. And you'll learn right away if it's for you, if it's not for you, if you enjoy it. Like you'll just be naturally inspired like right off the bat. And Dude, I, I cannot stress enough. It is easy to get in contact with people that inspire you. Yep. Yep. Totally. So many different channels and people are actually a lot more open to responding to things, especially when they're honest, genuine questions. Um, yeah, that's really cool. I like that, idea, that advice. All right. Question four is what's your definition of art? Art. Say art. it again. What's your definition of art? What's my definition of art? Yeah. Oh, brother. <laughs> art. Um, such a human thing. Um, I think it's one's way to voice their inner soul. I think that to define art in one definition is a little bit tricky, but I don't know. The human's way of expressing their, their psyche, it's such a dramatic way of connecting with other people. Um, 
yeah, you just create something and then you find out that all these other people are, you know, seeing what you're seeing and, and feeling what you're feeling. And you can make this obscure thing and you're just like, oh, that made a difference to me in some way, shape and form or interpreted it this way. And it's like, that is not at all how I created that. That's <laughs> that's a, like human like interpretation of like human connection. It's It's remarkable. It really is all shapes and forms, man. Yeah, yeah, I like that, uh, the connection element. Is it, it's really, I feel like it's a, that's a human need at, like at our core is to feel a connection with other humans. And like, that's what a lot of motivations and desires for things in general, like that's where it comes from. And um, that connection is just so important. And that's like, I mean, the cave paintings at Lascaux in France, you know, 40,000 years old or whatever. It's like, it seems, you don't know exactly what they're saying, but it seems like what they're saying is they just want to like express their world. You know, whether it was like a guide to what animals to hunt, or it was telling a story about what they experienced or, you know, whatever, at the essence of it, they're, they're expressing. They're like, yeah. I lived and I saw this, like this. I love it, dude. Yeah. It just was life. It's, it's a whole different level of appreciation for intelligence when you say they produce art. You know, you know what is that? Like, right. they're not just like a functional, like, placeholder thing. It's yeah. to produce art is like such a, like, intellectual, intelligent process. Right. So unique. Yeah. Dude, it is. I like that. I like that delineation there because then it sort of puts everything into perspective. It's, and it's interesting because the arts are often thought of as like extracurricular and as like not something that you need. No one needs a painting. They need food on the table. But at the same time, the, the higher level elements of society are in their different reflections of art in different forms and whatnot. And that's where like the, uh, the deepest uh, stuff takes place. And it's really interesting or, or a lot of the deep stuff. It's, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I agree. Oh, hell yeah, Chad. All right. Well, this is where I thank my guests for coming on the show and I appreciate you being here, spending your time with Good us it. and uh, sharing your wisdom that you have gained through your worldly travels through life and the professional world and starting your own business and there you uh, go. man it's been fun with the on the whole wasteland hop adventure with you and i'm looking forward to this this summer and on, at, at the mish is going to be awesome and uh, yeah man stoked and hopefully man, I'm, I'm looking forward to some new music that's what i'm hoping for we gotta do jams that's i hope right. you got your you train you get them vocals down you get your <laughs> you have you have been long overdue to be a, an informal member of the band <laughs> yeah totally you um, just prove yourself with an instrument there you go yeah i think yeah we'll we'll see what i can do I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll, 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 um now 
so then everybody can follow along with Wasteland Hop and all the places, right? Find them on Spotify, Wasteland Hop on Instagram, Facebook. Um, and then on the website, wastelandhop.com. And then um, is there anywhere, do you have a website for your business? Uh, no official website. However, if you're on the Facebooks, Allie's Custom Remodel. There you go. Hit me up. I'll make your home look good. It's custom, baby. Anything you want. That's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. All right, cool. Well, uh, we're going to take a little break. And that was the end of part one. Can you leave us with one last bit of wisdom? And it doesn't have to be about anything we talked about, just uh, in general, wisdom. General wisdom. You got to risk it to get the biscuit. How about that? <laughs> Scared money don't make money. I like it. <laughs> awesome. All right, cool. We're going to take a break and we'll be right back. Again, this podcast is brought to you by High Ground Coffee, an adventure coffee brand with a new twist on brewing coffee, wherein you steep coffee like it's a tea. You just drop a packet in hot water and you go. It's the newest way to brew coffee and it's awesome. Use coupon code TAYLOR at checkout for 15% off. Visit them at myadventurecoffee.com. That's myadventurecoffee.com. And we are back. Part two, Chad Alley. TG, what up, what up, what up? What up, here we are, round two. <laughs> round two. All right, 2.0. So, yeah, this is when it gets rowdy. So Okay, open uh, flow. Okay. Yeah. Open flow, conversational, whatever. Yada, yada. So part two, the way that I've been messing around with this thing recently, I was just telling you about the podcast off recording and uh, it's cool because the whole thing is just this organic growth path. And it started with little old me knowing zero about podcasting, uh, you know, in episode one and then just building Adam Fallick was episode one, which is. Oh, that's a solid start. Yeah drummer from wasteland hop um, yeah the phallic the legend you know he overcame cancer dude during uh covid i don't <laughs> want to spoil too much or lend his personal life out there but adam phallic is legend he is i can't wait to get him back on the podcast i'm actually when i come out to see you guys for the show he's gonna road trip with me back to southern california Ooh. afterwards we're gonna, gonna hop in the trunk, my friend. You guys. Dude, we're gonna stop in Vegas, have a night in Vegas together, and then we're gonna come back, and then we're gonna camping <laughs> for a couple of nights. So I'm gonna get him back on the podcast, and we're gonna talk about the adventure that he's gone on over the last. You need year to talk about his life because this dude has gone through things that many people have no idea. Like he's overcome cancer twice. And the second round was during COVID, like yeah. the lockdowns hit and he finds out he's got to go through chemo. You got to talk to this man. It's, it's, it's inspirational. He's the koala. He's like the heart of the band. He um, is, dude. <laughs> love that. Love that gentleman. <laughs> he's one of the best. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so it's cool because the podcast has come along and it's developed and the concept has grown and the way the, the flow of it all has has come along. And so now in part two, I'm playing this sort of a game with people where you can either choose, Chad, 
uh, questions route or the concepts route. Oh, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna prompt you with either a question or a concept. Question or concepts. A flight of a combination. And then you can take one of those and you can take it in any direction you want. So would you like questions road or the concepts road? Let's start with a question. Okay. And it's just a jump off point. The conversation will flow from there. And then yeah, we'll we got it. We got um, it. Okay. So the you have three questions to choose from. The first one is what's the meaning of life? Okay. Second one is what does love feel like? Ooh, okay. The third one is what happens when we die? Oh my God. Those are, and I got to pick one of those. <laughs> um, the meaning of life, love, and what happens after that. Yeah. Okay. Um, you just choose one. Don't think about it too I, much. Right? I, don't think, I, I don't think I could give a, a universal life shattering meaning of life statement right now. So let's go with what is, um, no one really knows what happens after death. So I'm gonna skip that one. I'm not in any shape, I can't, I'm no expert in after death experiences. Have you ever died before? I've not died before. <laughs> nope. It was love, all right. Um, what is my take on love? What is the meaning of love? Is that the question? Uh, the question is, what does love feel like? But you can what take, love you can take it like? anywhere you want. What does love feel like to me? Um, I think it crosses the point in which it becomes preoccupying to you. Um, like is something you just like see and like can kind of do and have some fun with for a little bit and then you just move on. You know, maybe it's influential in your life but a love is preoccupying. It's something that is always there, some way, shape or form, like nipping at your conscious, like whether it's driving you to go do something or you're thinking about somebody, um, it's just a presence that's, that's there. And I think that love comes with subtleties of how to explain like you would never think that you would hate something and love it at the same time or something can have something that you hate but you still love it as like a vague explanation but yeah i would say just as like a general statement on my take on that question like i think if something is is preoccupying for you and always working at your like mental conscience, then yep. you love it. You love it. Yeah. Now, right there, you're kind of okay. So the way you're answering it is more in like a, the what it looks like or like what the actions are surrounding it. But what would you say it like feels like? Ooh, personally. Hear you yeah like what's what is it what's like? the experience of it what does it feel like that's such a human like opinionated question like what does love feel like to you um it's i think it's a completion in some way shape and form like 
to be in love with something makes you feel like it should have always been there. It's just a part of you. It's natural. Like it's not forced. And it's, yeah. I don't know if I can give a better explanation than that. I think I just might be rambling. This yeah. No, that's good. And I, I feel like uh, like the thing that's coming up for me is is almost like it's imprinting. Like there's almost like an exchange of like energy and then also like an imprinting on, a, on one's soul. Like if two people are in love, there's like an imprinting on each other's like almost like soul dna like yeah i agree completely yeah never if once you've been in love with somebody then there's always like that you've always shared that and that that'll never like be taken away that moment you might fall out of love with somebody but there's like um yeah there's this like natural connection a connection yeah has been do you think it has to be a dedication like it was just such an overwhelming like say like literal time like i spent so much time with this thing with this person that it's like i mean it's inevitable that like of course you remember that because that was like all of your time for this like segment yeah um but you can have a quick one too not not in like you know and like i mean you know, two people can meet and then fall in love and be together for a week and then they're like pulled apart for some reason or whatever. Sure. Crazy world out there, man. Yeah. I mean, yeah, people and like the feeling of love towards a person and like, you know, the feeling of love towards an activity that you enjoy, you know, two different, two different realms. Yeah. Um, but it's there's like love for people. Say that again. I just I think it's a it's crazy how we attach to people like that. Right. I mean, even as friends, like you know, you and me, I would say we've met within a handful of times, like face to face. And yet, like your presence and like you have been like in the same circle as me this whole time, whole time. <laughs> And so like, like right now, like, especially when we meet, like, it's very natural. It's very easy. Um, and it's just like unique how we can have those type of like experiences. Like I, we, we all love the same people. Of course we get along. Yeah. Yeah. And it's cool how there's like, uh, in the, the feeling of the love within the band and surrounding the band you know like you're talking about going to alaska and the way that people are so friendly and take care of like i've never had the hospitality shown to a group of people that i was in like wasteland when we travel through alaska like there's just so much love all around from all the people all the time and wasteland's giving them music and fun and like an adventure and you know, everybody's like just so happy to have this. Like, experience. you nailed it, dude. Like, the embracement is like unbelievable, and it's it's humbling to come back from that. 
and be like, you know, I'm back from tour, I'm back at normal, and uh, no one cares about me. <laughs> like, the, like showing up like the band, but you know, you you nailed it, man. Like having just like that group of people and just the communities that we go to and, you know, the shows that happen and the people we meet, it's, there's so much love out there. And, you know, Alaska has definitely set the bar for like welcomeness at 110%. Yeah. Yeah. And nobody will replace that. And uh, you talk about love. It's, I mean, another thought that came to mind with the concept of love is like, uh, love for from a parent to a child or a child to a parent and especially parent to child that one sounds like it's unbelievable i don't have kids you don't have any kids yet right? no nope. yeah. and yeah uh, i know we're a rare rare breed out there yeah we are we are but i see <laughs> it. i see the way that people you know look at their kids and um i have a dog now do you have a dog i have no person you know i've only had relationship dogs Okay. I'm, I'm even more of an anomaly. I've never had my own personal pet. Can you believe well, it? Yeah, I mean, this is my first first real um, pet from the beginning to end. And uh, I mean, end is a long way off, knock on wood. But uh, it's wild, like the feelings that come through now for me. Now that the first little stretch was really tough with, yeah. uh, you know, learning each other and getting the ways down. But now we've gotten into a real nice groove. And then it's funny, I'll walk in the door and be like, Oh my God, what is this feeling? I <laughs> can <laughs> okay. love your parent. What it would be for a parent to like walk in the door from home from work and see your kid just like stoked looking at you and they're like, oh my God, it's nuts. I know. Yeah. You, you, I mean, exactly. What a unique sensation. And, you know, I think for a lot of people, legacy is a big deal um, through a family name or just through you know, different cultures. I mean, that is a big deal. Like, you know, putting, putting a lot of kids out to yeah. like, you know, create that legacy. Yeah. Um, and, you know, you're right. A unique love for something that is very much a part of you that you create and you like, you know, put forth into the future. Like, what a crazy feeling. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Not only do you look at them and they look at you and they're stoked, but you look at them and they look like you. Oh, my God, dude. And they're like a little reflection of you. That would be just so wild. It's like if I could only tell them what to do and not to not to do all these fuck ups that I've made. <laughs> yeah. Maybe someday. Yeah. Maybe someday. It's, uh, you know, everybody's comfort personal decision you know? yeah yeah when you're ready but yeah what a unique feeling of just like producing another person that's so <laughs> so crazy yeah yeah and as time goes by it seems like it's people are thinking about it more and more rather than just diving in like a hundred years ago it's like that's just what you did 50 years ago that's just what you did talking to like my parents generation and you know it, it's like that's just what you did you found somebody you got married you had a kid or you maybe got pregnant and had a kid and or you got pregnant got married or whatever like you just did yeah. it that's what you did when the you procedure yeah and now it's like 
it's a whole different process, which is pretty cool because then it allows people to find themselves. Not that you can't find yourself through parenting and that definitely happens, but when you have a little more freedom and time to let yourself develop yourself, then you can find yourself. Oh my gosh. Save yourself so much trouble. Let's stress. (laughs) I mean, but it's, I think having, I mean, to have a kid forces you into so many things that you would just never have to deal with. Um, as I don't know, a non-parent, but totally because and one thing that's very clearly illustrated as a dog owner, and I'm sure it's the same way with kids and maybe even multiplied, is uh your dog is a direct reflection of you. Not that they represent you in every situation, but you are in control of the situation. You are creating the situation for them. Yeah, they might, I mean, rescue dogs are a whole different thing and whatnot, and there's trauma from different situations. But in general, you're creating the scenario, the space, you're holding the space for them. You're showing them how to be in the world. You're controlling the situation to an extent. And so then like with a kid, for example, if you have a kid and you swear around the house a lot, your kid's going to swear. And so you have to then be aware of your own actions in a way that you wouldn't have to be if it was just you. It's a little person mirror, a little dog mirror. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it, man. Like it represents you. Like if that, if that, crazy and like wily and like that person needs to get the shit together totally like a well-trained dog like yeah it's like absolutely a representation of like the parent and as a bigger statement um you know there's a lot of controversy these days on some of the woes of america and the you know these public shootings and you know all this angst amongst like teenage population through finding themselves and like having to classify themselves as a male or a female or somewhere in between or what sexual preference do you have um it's wild time of just like being able to open up and express who you really are and you know getting back to this like love thing it's you know it is remarkable to see how you know people accept these big things coming out and of course there's resistance but I really do feel like there's a lot of unifying love right now with like hard American problems and like that's all like homosexuality, um, racism, you know, towards brown and black, um, yellow, everyone. Um, It's just a crazy place we live in, man. And like, do not be mistaken america has not moved on from some dark shit and that exists 110 percent. however like 
I mean, it's it's Pride Month, right? So, I mean, we're seeing like, dude, there's a lot of love out there. It's it is really like inspirational to see that you know it's not all bad, and we can still have like months in which we dedicate towards people who have been like persecuted for whatever reason, shape, or form, and acknowledgement of you know, just segments of this population who have been shit on hard <laughs> for a long time. Um, you know, we're, we're getting there. We really are. But, you know, the million dollar question is, is, you know, like, how do we keep progressing this love? How do we keep it in the right direction? Um, making it fair and not, you know, ridiculous, whatever that means. But, you know, it feels good to, like, attach to, like, movements like that. Like, I think people really do feel for them. Like, dude, I grew up in, like, middle of nowhere, Indiana. And absolutely, like, gay lesbians were not accepted. And I had three black kids in my high school who were adopted from Haiti through like some like Christian Jesus exchange thing. It wasn't even like legitimate like population amongst my community. So to witness all these things like from my perspective is is pretty unique. And it's just like so unfortunate to see like people denying like so much obvious things that need to change. And I just really hope, you know, hope for America. I think we are moving slowly in the right direction again. That is a very vague political statement. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dude, this is America. And like, there really is a lot of love. There really, there really is. And it's an unbelievable melting pot of culture that no other place can like say they deal with. Um, it's there's no other place like America. And I, you know, through our music and art and, and all of this, maybe we can bring some, you know, the positive vibes back and and love back. Um, I think people coming together and being able to actually meet again in person, you know, as things open up and change, like, I think people are going to be more and more aware of like how disconnected they were and how good it feels to like be like amongst people again and feel the love. Like it's going to be like the summer of, of love man like 2021 2022 baby boomers watch out (laughs) we're gonna be popping them (laughs) everyone's gonna be banging (laughs) like the year of love is is common (laughs) oh yeah yeah 2021 is gonna be like a slow dip into the pool 2022 is like cannonballs yeah (laughs) into everyone's on birth control it's on Uh, the love i like that uh, i love that that's really nice yeah yeah and with all the challenges and uh 
hardships and racism and sexism and all the things it's like the thing that continues to shine through is love um love for equality and respect and people and respect is a form of love um and there are so while there are the bad apples and the people hanging on to the negative vibes like that there's also so many people that are just like shining like letting the love shine and it's like you know the metaphor of love kind of being like this warmth that melts the ice you know when when you can connect with somebody doesn't matter what their background is or how much they dislike or hate you know the things that you're into or whatever it's like when when people can connect with somebody else's heart and soul then that's where the connections are made and then the melting away of of the ice around somebody can happen yeah yeah we just all need to be talking in person with each other man like it's it's unbelievable how quickly like you just melt away with like your fears and anxieties and you have an actual like attachment with someone like whether it's like simple weather like niceties necessities conversations or like you actually have a in-depth you know who you are kind of conversation just you know I, I hope we we don't lose that you know just to like go up and and have a conversation with someone you know I do feel like it's a little bit more delicate these days on just like openly going and talking to whoever the fuck you want to like it's just it's a little weird these days and you need to have the right kind of etiquette on how you go into the conversation but i mean it's it's unbelievable how you can be you just you're surprised on how you can connect with someone you never thought you would connect with or just like the littlest of conversations will like ease your fears about some crazy shit you heard online yeah. it's go out and talk like isn't it crazy like i feel like these suburbs around me like some neighborhoods are better about others but like different cultures are more guilty about not talking to their <laughs> we just like, talk to each other man it's, yeah it's pretty like we're all on the same page here yeah. trying to make money trying to get by living the dream and i think that's, that's one of the most important things for everybody to keep on in mind is that we're all just on the same page we all wake up every day we have to put clothes on go through our day deal with challenges have some breakthroughs have some setbacks we got family and friends that we care about. We got, you know, it's like everybody's living the same archetypes, just in different shapes and forms. And we're all just doing the best we can. Yeah. Um, now, you don't have your guitar handy, do you? I do. Did you want to, would you be up for playing us a little something? You want me to play something? Yeah, I think that'd be cool. Going to play us <laughs> I would like you to play us a little something. All right. Clap because I'm going to tune real quick. This is the tuning song. I wrote it when I was a kid. Yeah. 
It's alive. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What are you what are you gonna do for us? <laughs> I am going to play. What should I do for you? All right. Um, I'm going to play you a Chad Alley original. Love it. Just okay. like phase out and just feel it and vibe it. And uh, yeah, you tell me what it makes you feel. I will. Can you hear me? Yep. Actually, could you stand up? I think I might. Turn it up? Uh, stand up. That might aim. Whoa! Stand and play. Yeah, is that possible? that made me feel it felt like I, i'm just picturing a music video for that and it kind of felt like a sunny day maybe on the river maybe like some fly fishing going on maybe like jumping in a, a swimming hole 
Makes um, you feel good, doesn't it? Like friends playing and having fun, splashing in the water, a lot of sunlight, that sort of thing. That's that's maybe catching some little uh, trout. No, slaying them left and right. <laughs> yeah, man, makes you feel good. Hopefully, makes you feel good. It definitely does. That was good. Well, Chad, this has been awesome, man. I appreciate you being on the show. And I very much look forward to seeing you on that stage on July 3rd. It's going to be great. What a pleasure. Thanks for having me, bud. Definitely. Definitely. See you soon. Yes. Adios. (laughs) So that, my friends, was Mr. Chad Alley. That guy plays the guitar and he does it well. Well enough to get invited into a band that has been rocking out for almost 10 years. And they're still not, they're they're still going. They're still going strong. Um, I really liked what he was saying about the opportunity that we all have in this country, in this day and age here where we're at. And uh, just to give it a try. I think that's a cool concept of just trying because you never know if your idea has legs if your service or your concept is something that people would actually go for um or how it all work and of course everything really an idea is just a starting point of a journey and then the the business it's like a it's a long-term organic growth and it's going to change shape and form and it's going to look different at different times and you're going to have to just try a lot of different things and that's happened in my art world it's happened in a lot of my friends small businesses that i've seen around it's like it's never a straight line but it is an adventure and it's your own adventure which is cool and when you have a small business of any kind really the coolest thing is that all of the energy you put into it, you're going to be getting back in some shape or form down the line. Whereas if you work for somebody else, that doesn't always happen. Um, sometimes you're taken care of really well, uh, but sometimes you're not. Not that having a small business means that you'll be taken care of personally, but you're in the driver's seat, which is an interesting element of it. So yeah, Chad's in Wasteland. They're gonna be doing a show coming up and you should check them out check them out on all the places youtube spotify their website yada yada they are a band that's close to me and i've been involved in a lot of their stuff and so it's been a lot of fun and i really have wanted to show you guys who they are because i feel like they're kind of a cool little time capsule piece or something along those lines uh like a study almost for the podcast and you can Go back and listen to all their different episodes. There's Adam, there's Steph, there's Mickey, there's Brian. Liz is going to be on soon. Nick just got recorded recently. So, yeah, it's fun. And then this plan for this upcoming episode, uh, doing a show about this show coming up on July 3rd. It's going to be a lot of fun. So thanks again for listening. Uh, You're awesome. I hope you know that. Whatever it is that you're doing, you're listening to this podcast, so you got to be awesome, right? I think so. (laughs) Anyway, I digress.
that's all. That's all for tonight. Cheers. <laughs>